I'm good. He's Serena Vasegi. The speaker who can't speak and the writer who can't write. And my name is Chris Stevenson. I work with Serena at the Serena V Group. And we're here on Chasing Dreams with Amy J. Welcome to Chasing Dreams Podcast with Amy J. Amy believes that realizing a life without regrets is achieved by taking chances, chasing your dreams, making moves, and overcoming your doubts. The Chasing Dreams Podcast will help you overcome life's obstacles, believe in your potential, and inspire you to face your fears. And now here's the woman who is passionately pursuing her dreams, Amy J. Dream Chasers, this is Amy J, and thank you guys so much for tuning in to episode 223 of Chasing Dreams. For full disclosure, in these latest months, I gotta let you know we are recording this episode in March when we are probably sheltering in place during the coronavirus. And so this episode is airing in May. And so we can't tell what's gonna happen in May. We may still be sheltering in place, we may be out and about, but I know that we'll probably be still feeling the after effects of COVID-19. And so just keep that in mind, guys, that as we record, we are not magicians. We are not uh, psychic. We, we're not psychic. We can't tell you what's going to happen. So we're just going to speak in the moment where we are today, if that works for everybody. So Serena, Chris, thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, much appreciated. And thank you, Serena, for reaching out to share your story. I appreciate that. Thank you for having us. Yeah. So Serena, it's interesting. You have Cerebral palsy, correct? Yes, by the way, why does it have to be so hard to say? (laughs) Uh, Especially for a guy with a speech impediment. (laughs) Why couldn't they just call it, uh? (laughs) Probably be a little easier to say. That probably would have been easier. (laughs) And it's, it's interesting because I had a friend who had cerebral palsy and she was, uh, she was in her 40s, I believe, when she passed away. She had it at birth, which is a common for those with cerebral palsy. But she also had a speech impediment, which made it difficult and motor capabilities that were impeded. And she didn't have as much of a fulfilled life. I can't say that. Let me not speak for her. But you have done things that I have not seen in her life or in the lives of others with cerebral palsy. You have a successful business. You have a beautiful family. You have a speaking and writing career. It's phenomenal. Congratulations on all of the success, by the way. Thank you very much. Uh, Thank you very much. I cannot do that. My kids. I couldn't do this without having a good mindset. I, I, I can imagine. And so let's actually talk about that. When you were younger and you were going, uh, going about your day-to-day life, what was your mindset like? Well, I I really got my mind. But when my dad was giving to our friends, my mindset was his mindset was given to him by his parents. They didn't act like like it was a big deal. Victims. Oh, he, they taught him not to act like a victim. <laughs> my, my mom did everything 
and his mom would do everything that sort of a normal a mom of a normal non-cerebral palsy child would do and so you know i did the murder to me that i could have a good, a good life and he had people tell him his parents told him that he could have a good life and they never complained they never they never complained they never complained yeah, yeah. And I'll tell you one thing after getting to know Serena that I found really fascinating was um, he'll tell you that as a child, he really didn't feel different because every, every child needs a parent to take him to the park, to throw him in the car. He just had a chair, right? It was a little different, but he felt like everybody else. And that was when he hit uh, high school towards college is where he started to feel like I'm really, really different because he started to see all his friends driving and dating and, and then starting to go away from college. And that's when uh, it got really challenging for him. He said, I always knew, though, he had big dreams and big plans for his life. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what I love about your story, Serena, is that you didn't let things hold you back. I mean, there were a lot of people who are in a different place, have their own struggles in a different way. But when we look at what you've done and what you've overcome and what you've made work, uh, it makes some of us feel kind of lazy. I gotta say. He said, I didn't overcome anything. Oh. Let me check. Yep, still handicapped. I do. I do. I don't overcome. I don't overcome and he said he he doesn't overcome things. He just deals with the challenges on a daily basis with the right mindset. That's amazing. So, as Serena said, sometimes you'll have these challenges or these issues that you have to deal with because they don't necessarily go away. It's something that throughout the process of your career and your life, you're always dealing with it. So having that right mindset keeps you in the right frame of mind to see these as just not problems, but challenges that you deal with as part of your routine. So he said in dealing like with the coronavirus, for example, people are like, how are we going to overcome this? And he's like, we're not, we're going to deal with it until it runs its course. And there'll be challenges all along the way that you simply have to have the right mindset for, um, to deal with. So for both of you or mostly Serena, when you were young, how do you deal with that? How do you get that mindset? You said your parents treated you like a normal child. Was that all it took or did you do something intentionally to have such a positive mindset? But I, I, always, I always loved life. I always loved, he said he always loves life. Always loved life. And he wanted to dictate his dreams, not be dictated by his handicap. I don't know. My handicap does dictate a lot. My handicap does dictate a lot. But he limits that. 
it's it's phenomenal because I've read in your book and I haven't finished it. I'm still reading it. Uh, Big dreams take small sacrifices. And you were talking about how your friends came back from high school and they were talking about their experiences in college and you had done community college and then transferred to Stamp. Was it Stanford? No, uh, oh, I think he said UCLA. 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 Uh, no, USC. USC. I always do that. And that's the benefit of being a translator. I've made him say that on so many stages. It's USC. So you go to USC because you felt you were missing out on the experience. Is that that's phenomenal, though? Why don't, why don't you tell her the story about the phone call? So Serena was at community college and his friends were at USC. And I was in about a year long depression. So uh, he was thinking if it weren't for my handicap, I would be there too. And his friends would call all the time and tell him how great USC was. What would they tell you about? <laughs> the academics, the girls, <laughs> the campus, the girls, more girls. <laughs> <laughs> So he was on the phone. He got a call, and his buddy was telling him how great this was. And he hung up the phone, and he just started to to cry. And his dad came up and said, "What's wrong?" And he said, "There was only one thing to say." USC. And his dad has asked how. Oh, he said he gave him the best answer. I don't know. <laughs> An honest answer. <laughs> but when he found out how much it cost, he knew he was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so the thing that's awesome though is that you've come out of college you started a business you now are the speaker who doesn't speak the writer who doesn't write did i say that correctly yep yeah and you're you're still making a way because you want to make a difference in people's lives where does that motivation and push and purpose come from is it from seeing other people or is it from in, in inherently what really drives them are experiences. I He absolutely loves experiences. And you love all kinds of experiences. Uh, 
I will do a handicap run. You do not want to let your handicap run you. Sometimes it still does. I think one thing that I've learned in working with Strenum, by the way, just uh, really briefly to put it into context, um, I, I have owned a couple of different health clubs. I, I come from the fitness space and uh, Serena was a member and uh, I just got to know him because uh, he's the kind of guy who's always interacting with everybody. And he came in and worked with a trainer and his goal was to be able to pull himself out of a chair onto the floor, then up and over a step and then back into his chair. So that was his goal as, you know, some of us go to the gym to like, look better, feel better, lose weight, get rid of back pain. That was his, his goal was very functional and he did it. Uh, but one day I came in just to say hi to him as I was walking through the club and uh, he goes, Hey, do you want to keynote speak with me? And I was like, cause I didn't know him on a personal. I was like, what? <laughs> I, I, you, you can't be. He goes, trust me, I'm the speaker who can't speak. And sure enough, uh, after working together and I, I, I do keynotes with him and presentations with him where I help him tell his story sort of just as a translator. So it's been a great experience for me, um, from a motivational standpoint and, uh, Serena sometimes gets humble about his own success, but he's got that lockdown mindset. And uh, I don't know if he'll admit it or not, but he, he sort of has a chip on his shoulder where he's like, I will not let this handicap mm -hmm. stop me from anything. And not only that, I want to show everybody else how to deal with what their challenges are so that they can accomplish anything. And he's, you know, I've seen him help tons of people, including myself. And uh, it's just been a pretty crazy, awesome experience. You beat me to it, Chris. That was going to be my next question is how did you guys... <laughs> Meet and interact. That's a, totally fine. So you guys have been working together though for a few years now. Is that correct? Sure. I mean, I mean, the 2010. Yeah, I mean, you. I mean, you. Yeah. So yeah, 2010. Wow, ten years. It seems like yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so now you're you're doing this stuff. Let me ask you, Serena, in the people you've helped in the environments you've been in, because you've been all over the place, right? You're not limited to just schools or anything like that. You've you've had a variety of people in your audience. What is a common uh, theme or takeaway that you've gotten from the people that you can share? A lesson that you could share with our audience right now, because you've probably met a lot of different people. What's something common that they're struggling with that you could probably Give us some advice on. Good attitude. Oh, gratitude. You have them create a month of gratitude. Oh, he is a good example of gratitude. I. His his right hand doesn't work at all. Mm -hmm. I can touch you. And his left hand works well enough that he can drive his chair and do certain things. I can have one of it. I can tap on the So he can do things like tap on a, a specialized big keyboard for, for his writing, and he can do basic things on his phone. But, but, but it's not, it's not, it's not a 
but when we went yeah yeah so in comparing his arms again his his right arm has to be pinned behind his back all the time and his left hand has some mobility and works to some extent and i remember hearing uh to kind of summarize what sarno was saying somebody came up to him and said are you angry that your right arm doesn't work he's like yeah but i'm certainly grateful that my left arm does yeah Oh, another thing Serena works with people on is mindset. And, and one of the big things he teaches is that mindset is not fixed. It can change. Almost daily. You might say it can change. Oh, he said, as an example, you're driving on the freeway and somebody cuts you off and your mindset changes. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> oh, with the coronavirus, your mindset's going to change. But it's a to give back to it's up to you to get back to your optimum form and keep improving your mindset. I know one thing that Serena taught me that I, and, and I have, it's so funny because I get to work with him and, and, and translate his incredible messages and, and that sort of thing to the general public. Um, but I feel like I get the benefit of also learning from him mm -hmm. on a regular basis. And uh, one thing that Serena taught me about, which I never really thought about in a concrete way was this thing he calls rewriting your narrative. You know, he says, we're all born with a certain narrative. You're born to a certain uh, economic, economic status. You're born with a certain set of parents that maybe are loving or maybe they're not. And, and you kind of were born to this thing where people in the formative years, while your brain's developing and absorbing information, they tell you, this is what works. This is what's going to be. This is how you're going to be. This is how you're going to succeed. And part of fixing your mindset to develop that growth mindset is rewriting your own narrative. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to get up and do a drinky. We do a lot of emotions. We emotions. We work a lot with emotions. Oh, people work with emotion, not logic. And you got to rewrite that narrative. Even now with the coronavirus. In order to deal with the day to day, I think, and, and one thing that Serena will talk about is, you know, as human beings, uh, physiologically, we're wired to have negative things impact us so heavily. And unfortunately, the positive doesn't have that same impact. So, no you need like 10 positive things to offset one negative. And it's that story, uh, you know, Serena will say, he gets up in the morning, has uh, three great meetings with clients, then does a great keynote, and then uh, writes another couple great articles, like, and then plays with his children, all this great stuff, and then has one bad phone call where somebody cancels their coaching. They're like, oh, I'm just not satisfied. And then six more great things happen. And then his wife says, how was your day? And he goes, terrible. Because when in actuality, yeah. the logic says, no, it wasn't. You had 10 great things and only one little tiny bad thing. 
So Serena works with that narrative and understanding that most, you know, you got to focus on, on the real and not the feel. Well, let's talk about that a little bit because you kind of opened the door there, Serena, to about emotional thinking versus logical thinking. And I think a lot of us, as you said, think emotionally in terms of fear, right? And just, I, I think fear actually, just not even anything else. Fear drives so many of us to not pursue things we want. How would you advise us to kind of work on that so that we get the right mindset and not let fear and emotion in a negative way control us? Great, great question, by the way. Great question. We in First, find our why for success. We got to find out why. Oh, we are not wired for success. We're wired to stay. We're not wired for success. We're wired to stay safe. Oh, we're wired not to take chances. To get eaten? Yeah. Oh, just physiologically, we're wired with our stress mechanism to not get eaten. Yeah, that's how so we're not wired for success. Huge. Diet. Oh, emotional diet. So a great term, and I had heard this for the first time in some of Serena's recent writing he's talking about is emotional diet. And that's something that people don't pay attention to. The coronavirus is a great example. We get, uh, and, and you have to be informed and you have to know, but we get obsessed. And even Sirius XM has a 24 hour coronavirus station. And by the way, I listened, it's not fun, yeah. but you know, what we do is we tend to dwell on the negative, dwell on the emotion. We watch CNN and, and, and Fox for 24 hours of coverage, seven days a week. And Serena said, yes, you have to be informed, but you got to find other things in your emotional diet, like the walks outside, taking in some sun, spending time with the people you love at a socially acceptable distance right now, um, reading books, talking to people on the phone that motivate you. You have to, you have to plan to have those things as a part of your life. <laughs> The other night, he got an email from a guy that said, hey, how do you write a book? It was me. You love that. Yeah. That drives you. Yeah. 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 And Amy, uh, one other kind of brief thing just to add on. So uh, as part of my career, I worked at the California Health and Longevity Institute. Mm -hmm. and We did a lot of executive wellness that dealt with stress management, communication skills, of course, the exercise and nutrition piece. And um, one of the people that I worked with uh, was an expert on communication and, and sort of stress management and fear. And what we, we studied and researched that fear boils down to three things. 
every, every fear you have in your life boils down to the, uh, something is unknown. Mm-hmm. You have no control over it, or you're simply not worthy. It's self-worth. And if you look at if and to the listeners, if you examine things that you're, where you have fear in your life, I guarantee you one or more of those things are present. Now, the way we deal with that is with anger or alcohol or uh, isolation. We just pull away and you know, there's a bunch of different negative ways to deal with it. But the one thing you can do in the face of fear, and I think it's the most important thing uh, that we found was simply reach out for support. That's the key. So in any of those situations, reach out to mentors like yourself or like Serena or, or reach out to positive influences and say, hey, and tell me exactly, I'm really concerned because I have no control over this or I don't feel worthy at this point, you know, those sort of things. But reaching out for support is really the biggest key in dealing with fear. The number so, and this, this is, by the way, was one of the things that I learned and I'll share what Serena just said, working with him that probably inspired me the most mm-hmm. uh, and kind of really helped fix my mindset. But Serena said the really the number one thing that was keeping him from going to USC was the fear of asking someone to help him in the bathroom. And when they, when they go, when they go that, they're really easy. Once I got over that, the rest was easy. And I had told him when I heard that story for the first time, I'm like, what humility yeah. it takes to ask for something that only his parents and his, and his helper had helped him up to that point. Right. Um, it was just, it's just incredible, the humility. And, and, and you always tell people that you did it and then you didn't, you didn't die from embarrassment. Yeah, agenda, agenda. <laughs> it's always worse than, we, than it actually is. Always. Always, always. worse. In our heads. Yeah. When you're successful, nobody will call you out for having a team. How many people did you have when you worked at USC that helped you? Ten people. Wow. Awesome. So, oh, sorry, I said, they never met each other because I was afraid if they did, they would start a union. <laughs> <laughs> so, Serena, when you get over, when not get over, when you deal with the fear that emotion brings, right, and you get into that right mindset, you're still probably facing some things. And I know a lot of the dream chasers who are listening now, aside from fear, one of the things they fear, um, not fear, but uh, think about, probably overthink about is limits on their abilities, limits on their beliefs and limiting beliefs, things that they can't accomplish. I want to be a doctor. I'm not smart enough, right? It's not a fear. It's something else they put upon themselves. How do you address that? How do you address the limits we put upon ourselves? Because it seems like you've dealt with a lot of limits others may have put upon you or without knowing you, but you you've made it through. How can we handle that? Challenges are always going to be a part of life. Don't fight it. Don't fight it. Accept it. There will be obstacles they can't do. And there will be obstacles they can't. Do anything about? Yeah, what? 
So sometimes you'll have obstacles that you can't do anything about, so you discover a new path. For example, I want to work in downtown LA. Oh, he wanted to work in downtown LA. Then he realized, you know, he needed a job where it would work with the disability, whereas getting to downtown LA every day, that's not even good for somebody without cerebral palsy, <laughs> by the way. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> so I built out a home office. I have a team who said to need as an entrepreneur and he has a team, some to assist with his disability and some to help with him uh, help him as an entrepreneur. I understand that my my dad need to be consistent. Everything I, I do. Your town. You realize that my dad needs to be involved in everything I, I do. He understands that his challenges will be involved in everything he does. I don't like it, but that's my reality. I don't like it, but it's my reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and I think so, you know, Serena will talk again with that. You know, if you accept and own the challenge, then you feel like you have power over it as opposed to looking at it as, you know, it's that simple mindset, the shift of the word. It's not a problem. It's a challenge because problems stop you where challenges are just things you find solutions for. So don't ignore them. Don't. And we can even subconsciously ignore like, I'm just going to, you know, that sort of thing. Just accept it. Hey, here's my challenges. Write them down, list them out and start to figure out ways to deal with them. Well, I feel like that's a that's that's a big one, right? Even just saying it was powerful, yep. I think. Challenges are a part of life. Accept it and don't fight it. And in that that mindset of just changing the perception of of what a challenge is, already just from you saying it, I'm like, "Oh, snap." Yeah, <laughs> that does change how I would approach it because I'm not as as looking at it, I'm not at a level 10 in stress i'd probably Mm -hmm. be at a level four because now it's there's something about changing that perception of what it is good or bad that i think makes the difference and that's a very powerful sentiment to say you're not going to not face challenges it's a part of life we may not like it that's fine but accept it and i think that changes the game for a lot of people when you start thinking of it that way yep yeah yeah Oh, some days are going to suck. <laughs> yeah. You, you got to accept it. I remember the, one of the first times we did a keynote mm-hmm. uh, as I was getting to know Serena and uh, I asked him on stage in front of this massive audience. I said, you know, and he's the inspirational guy. He's the inspir- And I said, tell, tell everybody what it's like to have cerebral palsy to which he said, it sucks. <laughs> Were you expecting a deep answer? <laughs> yes, I was. And then he said, uh, Yeah, he goes, what do you want me to say? I love it. You got to try it. <laughs> <laughs> but in, in that all leading into, hey, some parts of you know being an entrepreneur and chasing dreams, you're going to have difficulties. You're going to have challenges. And there are parts that will suck. 
but they're a part of it. You accept it. You figure out ways to deal with it and you own it. And, and that helps you get through those tough times. I called you and said, I hate. Oh, uh, true. When I was a club operator, uh, I did hate telling people that they smelled at the gym when I would have to. And Serena said, he gave me the best advice of all time. He said, deal with it. Go up to them, <laughs> tell them they smell and be done. Listen, we appreciate you taking that uh, fight for us and letting yeah. people know it. Listen, we appreciate that because some people just don't understand the meaning of a shower. And, uh, you know, you did quality work there, okay? So, Chris, know it's appreciated, even if I wasn't there at the moment. I'm Thank pretty you. sure I speak for the people that were there. So, what what I love about all of this... Yes, uh, he said I was a Power Ranger, which is true. <laughs> I, I did stunts for the kids show Power Rangers. So oh, nice. That was also anytime I was like, came to him for any help. And he was like, dude, you're a Power Ranger. Go do it. Just and I was like... <laughs> Oh, as a stunt guy, but that's a little different. <laughs> what I love is the mindset that you guys have said. It's very consistent throughout the talk that we are having here today is one, challenges are there, accept it. One, have a, two, have a mindset that helps, right? Kind of dealing with it versus overcoming with it or trying to think. Because I feel like if we if we have a challenge by using your approach, which is accepting it and kind of seeing it as part of it versus something fighting us, we're already going with the flow. Like there's an automatic, you're moving forward by mm -hmm. just accepting that. And it sounds like it helps a lot of people. Yeah. And really that's how I, he grew up. Nice. So he was saying, you know, my parents never complained. They worked hard. They never once complained about the challenges that came with having a handicapped child. Mm -hmm. And that really inspired and motivated him. And would you guys both say in the work that you're doing, in the challenges you've addressed in your life, would you both say separately? So Chris also answered the question um, for both of you. Would you say that right now with what you've done, where you've come from and how, what you've gone through, you're happy with where you are today, living a, a life you're happy with? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, and for, for myself, you know, I, I've had my ups and downs mm -hmm. in the same way. And um, I think ultimately, you know, understanding where you want to go and more importantly, why you want to go there. I think that's the fundamental driver because when you have that fundamental deep reason mm -hmm. for doing what you do or, or wanting to do what you do, that's what drives you when the road gets bumpy. That's what allows you to shift your mindset from problem to challenge. And it, it also helps me personally to have someone like Serena next to me because anytime I remotely have any type of excuse, he's like, <laughs> oh, really? Is something challenging for you? So Serena just inherently takes away your excuses. We had another friend of ours that did some work with us and uh, he was like, oh, my knee really hurts. And, and Serena's like, oh, really? Oh, does your knee hurt? Have you seen me? So Serena just naturally takes away your excuses and keeps you motivated. And what, 
Oh, happiness and opportunity is a choice. And optimism? Oh, happiness and optimism is a choice. Yeah, if you don't accept that, things are a lot more challenging. Yeah, true. All right, guys. Well, I love our conversation, but it's now time to get to know you a little bit better. All right. The box of questions are here. I'm going to ask you guys five questions. Chris, you're going to answer also. So we're going to get an answer from Serena and an answer from you. All right. All right. They are random. I just pick. I, I have no control over the cards unless it's a bad question that I choose to take it out. All right. Ready? <laughs> question number one. What do you have a hard time saying no to? His kids. <laughs> I can see that. What about my you? kids are old. My kids are older, so I have no problem saying no to them. <laughs> uh, overall, and I've gotten better. I just had I've had trouble saying no when people ask for anything, and really? you have to be able to say no to be efficient with it. You know, can you help me with this? Can you help me with that? Uh, I, it's just what I do. So I've gotten better at it, but just had a hard time saying no to people who need help. Guys, there's a power in no. Just know that. I know. Yes, oh, I know. I know. All right. Number two, who was the best teacher you've had? That's right. I said his mom. Your, bo- your mom is way better. Oh, his mom's mindset is way better than his. <laughs> yeah, I can't get it up. Yeah. And I hate to duplicate, but my mom as well. Single mother, uh, double shifts, work, taught me how to do laundry, cook, clean, still can't get my homework me. done. I understand. Yeah. Can't blame me there. <laughs> Mama respect. Mama Jesse. All right. Number three. Who was the best James Bond? Uh, he has no idea. <laughs> I, I would have to say Roger Moore only because really? I was young. Oh, I was young and it was my first exposure to Bond. So that Sean will Connery. always be fresh in my mind. Sean Connery. Sean Connery. Uh, <laughs> I'm always going to be a Sean Connery kind of guy. Gal. Well, thank you very much. There you, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. All right. That's I'm going to give you another number three. Uh, I have a feeling you guys are going to answer your mom again, so I'm going to skip. That. <laughs> it was who who served as your role, role model? Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, I, I figured you'd say your mom. Uh, what are you passionate enough about to fight for? You can hear it, Flair. Oh, he said I would say Ric Flair for role model. Okay, fair enough. All right. So, what was the question? Uh, question. I think we're we're redoing it. So, three. What are you passionate enough about to fight for? so he said first of all i don't like the word passion (laughs) i read the cards oh he said because the definition of passion is an uncontrollable urge or emotion (laughs) 
You must really not like it to know the definition. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah, he said, if you want to be successful, you can't work on passion or emotion. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, so let's, how about enthusiastic about something you're so enthusiastic about, you'd fight for it. <laughs> oh, me. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Chris, yours? Uh, I just, it, I, it, it's not equality, but it's, I mean, we should all fight for equality, but uh, in, it's sort of injustice. I, I it, it's those people who are unwilling to stand up for themselves, yeah. who are getting taken advantage of or wronged. I go to bat for those type of people. Yeah, I can't stand um, the bis- biggest example. That would be my answer to are bullies. Yeah. I, I just bullies. I can't do it. I can't. Um, yeah. Number four, what's the funniest commercial on TV that you've seen? You don't know? You, you go first. I go first. Okay. <laughs> okay, so, so I don't know if, if Amy, you saw over the holidays, they did that Peloton commercial yes. with all the uproar. <laughs> but then I don't know if you saw the Ryan Reynolds. Yes. The spoof. He, Oh, the gin commercial was fantastic. <laughs> when they're like, oh, girl, you look good. And she drinks like three drinks. First of all, I'm a big Ryan Reynolds fan. Oh, br- uh, he said he liked that one, too. I thought it was brilliant. It was funny. It was funny. <laughs> oh, the NFL 100 commercial? <laughs> that was funny, too. Oh, with everybody in the NFL? Yeah, it was great. That was a good one. All right, last question. What are your favorite apps on your phone? Well, it's funny because I really can't use my phone. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Touche. Yeah, I give up I give up What my phone at time? Oh, what your phone has taught you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but again, yeah. the one app that I can use. The one app that I can. Oh, the one app you can use? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, it's ESPN. He's figured <laughs> out how to use the ESPN app. Yeah. it's a good app. Yeah, I need it right now. What's, oh, not yeah. using it too much not, right not, now. Not right now, right? Yeah. What about you, Chris? Uh, I mean, I use a bunch. Uh, I love Blinkist because it reviews books in you know five to ten minutes. So mm-hmm. if you don't have time to read a ton, uh, you can go through that. I love Blinkist. I love the TED Talks app. That's a good because one. you can select the amount of time, the categories. Uh, from a practicality standpoint, I've got a great to do app and uh, an app called TripIt, where I travel a lot and speak a lot. So I you mm-hmm. automatically forward your itineraries into it, and then it spells it all out: airports, location, the walk between connections. So it's just a very efficient way to, and gives you the alerts on your, on your Handy. Apple watch. It's a, Trip it is a great, and it's free. Great app. Handy guys. We will yeah. uh, have those noted in the show notes. Guys, thank you so much, Chris Serena. Thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate it so much. Learned a lot. I think you guys got a lot out of it too. How can these guys connect with you after the show? If they want to follow you, find you, where should they go? Serena Serenavi.com. Yeah. And um and and we are on platform. 
Serena V. Oh, oh, so Serena V. Serena V. S O U R E N A V. dot com, and Serena V. on all of the social platforms. Uh, for myself, it's Chris at Stevenson. S T E V E N S O N empowers e m p o w e r s dot com awesome guys thank you so much again i appreciate it oh he said no tiktok and no snapchat <laughs> that's that's fair i'm i'm not really a tiktok person i have an account i just haven't used it yet yeah guys you can find all of the show notes and learn more about these guys over on the show notes page at amyj21.com slash episode 223. That's episode 223. Thank you guys once again. Until next time, Dream Chasers, keep chasing. Thank you so much for listening to Chasing Dreams. Amy would love to connect with you and hear all about your pursuit of chasing your dreams. Connect with her on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram via at Chasing Dreams HQ. Or you can find Amy on Twitter at AmyJ21. That's A-I-M-E-E-J-2-1. Be sure to visit headquarters over at ChasingDreamsHQ.com for more inspiration, motivation, and resources to help with your own dream chase. We hope you'll join Amy next week. And until then, keep chasing. Keep chasing.